Good morning, good morning. How are you? Good morning. This is Brenda Eshen Shoshana back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And here we are again and again <laughs> and again. And I'm so happy to join you on this very precious day. Why is it such a precious day? It just today it feels like such a precious day. And actually, every day is such a precious day, but we are not really in that awareness of it most of the time, including me, including me. But all of a sudden, it hits us. Oh, my goodness, this is a precious moment, a precious day. And, and as I am experiencing that, I mean, I'm alive, I'm breathing, I'm sitting, I'm standing, I'm cooking. What a precious day. What a gift. <laughs> What an honor to be a part of it. And as I'm feeling that, I'm thinking of a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Zen saying that my teacher especially loved a lot, my Oman. And, and it says, when there are no unnecessary thoughts in your mind, every day is a good day fantastic teaching, fantastic saying. But every single part of that saying matters a lot. When, the moment, <laughs> when, the word when, we usually pass over the word when, when. But that's an exciting word. When the moment comes, when. Because there are many times the moment isn't here where there are many unnecessary thoughts in our mind. In fact, these unnecessary thoughts occupy not only our mind, but our lives and our days, our precious days. But when there are no unnecessary thoughts, it doesn't mean no thoughts. Sometimes people think doing Zen practice means wiping the slate clean, having no thoughts. People will say, well, I had a bad sitting today because I was filled with thoughts, as if thoughts are bad. They're not. There isn't, we don't have this goal. It's a good sitting if all the thoughts are gone. It's a bad sitting if your mind is full of thoughts. No, 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 no. That's not really Zen practice. Because thoughts come and they go. That's just what they do. They have their little life, just like the mosquitoes, just like the birds, just like the flowers. They come and go. But, it, but who is it that they're coming to? Who is receiving these thoughts and how are you receiving them? And are they necessary thoughts, which would be like, oh, I'm cooking lunch, time to turn off the fire, the food is done, specific thoughts related to what we're doing. Oh, it's time for me now to make a list of my bills and pay them. There are necessary thoughts. By necessary, they're not really thoughts of judgment, thoughts of memories, they're clear, they're like little signposts to do this, push this in a little further, move that out a little more, give water to the plants, thoughts like that. They're not really thoughts, they're more like little guides for the day. But there are other kinds of thoughts but that Oman is referring to when he says unnecessary thoughts. <coughs> we don't really need them. <laughs> In fact, most of us wish they'd be get out of there. Maybe they're thoughts of painful memories. Maybe they're thoughts of judging others and ourselves relentlessly as we tend to do. Maybe there are thoughts of wanting this, wanting that, 
in some cases, hostile, angry thoughts. That's what he is referring to when he says unnecessary because they're not beneficial. They just, there they come, maybe you might say to spoil the day, the preciousness of the day. But they come up, they come up and they leave a residue. They leave a residue. So when there are none of those kinds of thoughts which really attack us and others, attack thoughts you could call them, when they're not pursuing us and when we're not pursuing them because in and of themselves those so-called negative or attack or painful thoughts in and of themselves are actually harmless. They just come. But if we pursue them, if we connect with them, if we believe them, if we engage with them, then there's trouble. Then the day is no longer a good day or a precious day. It might be a day devoted to revenge. It might be a day devoted to sinking into very painful memories, replaying them again and again and again with no outcome taking us into a sense of despair or hopelessness. So we're the ones who empower those thoughts by giving them our attention, by grabbing onto them, by identifying with them. Then they become quite powerful. And the day, well, it's not a day that we would experience as precious. You might say, oh, what a horrible day that was, or I can't wait for the day to be over or maybe just go to sleep or have a drink or whatever we do to wipe something away because we're being tossed around, tossed around in the ocean of painful thoughts, painful thoughts, thoughts of despair, all of those kinds of thoughts. Now, I'm not saying that we should suppress those thoughts, repress them, but better let's just look at them for what and who they are. It's a very different approach. Not to join with them, not to pursue them, not to dwell in that realm, but to allow them to come as they will, as they do, and allow them to go. Just let them, like, and when we do that, when we don't engage with them, grab on to them, fight them, When you fight them, by the way, you give them a lot of power as well. But when we are doing Zazen, for instance, sometimes they don't come at all. We go into a beautiful state, and and on the one hand, people think, ah, that's what gives us a beautiful, a good day. But no, you can have a very good day, even if those thoughts are abounding. Because the day, essentially, the moment, the day, the breath, it's good, it's beneficial, it's beautiful. So when we don't pursue those thoughts, when we don't engage or believe them, they lose their power to take away the beauty of the day and the goodness of the day. Our focus goes elsewhere. Now, that's a very important point, the point of focus, focus, focus. What are you focusing upon? Where is your attention landing right now? That's a tremendously beneficial koan. 
because many things just grab our attention. It just grabs it. Oh, wow, look at that. Oh, did you, especially in the news. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All of the news is designed to grab your attention, <coughs> which means to grab your energy, to grab your life force. Grab it. Grab it. Startling, startling headlines. And it's not just the news. It's life itself. So many startling so-called headlines or appearances or moments. And our attention can be very vulnerable and unguarded. Unguarded is a good word here. It's unguarded and it can be grabbed quickly by this, by that, by the phone ringing, the texting, somebody walking on the street looking unusual. Our attention goes boom. It just goes. It just goes by itself to whatever appears, whatever calls it. So that's a very interesting thing to notice. And the minute our attention goes, we are with it and we are going on a ride, on a trip. So one of the really important central points of Zen practice, Zazen, is to guard our attention. That is fantastic, those three words. By guard it, we mean we just don't allow it to go racing wherever. We just don't, it doesn't happen in Zazen. You sit on the cushion, you don't, in a particular posture, you don't move your body. And as you quiet down your body, the mind, of course, quiets down with it to a certain degree. It might seem as if it's jumping around more, but it's just because we're quieter and we're noticing it. When we're not moving around, when we will not allow our body to just go flying all over and we're sitting still and we're watching, then it's also true that the mind, we see, we notice, we notice what is occupying our attention or what's grabbing it or what's calling it. And we're just noticing it. We're, we then, on, in the, as we sit, we, we're guarding our attention. We do not allow the attention to go off with everything that appears to it. We are guarding our life. We're guarding our energy. We're guarding our focus. We're guarding our, in, our existence. Our attention is so vital. How interesting, isn't it? Something so vital left completely unguarded. You don't leave your home unguarded. You lock the door at night. You wouldn't leave young children unguarded on the street. You walk with them. You, you take care of them. You protect them. You help them cross the street. You, 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 but the attention, the attention you'd, is so unguarded. Interesting. Very important to notice that. So what does it mean to actually guard our attention? Well, we, we, as we sit, maybe we'll say we'll follow the breath. So whenever we notice our attention has been stolen away by something, we just return it to the breath if we're following the breath, which is a fine practice. Or sometimes we receive a koan or a teaching from our teacher, and we work with that. And again, the attention is being pulled many places, but we become very aware of this whole phenomena as we sit quietly and just watch and are with it all. And we bring our attention again and again, again and again, bring it back, 
to the source, to, to the moment, to what we are working with in our sitting. We, we don't let it be squandered all over. You know, when you have sesshin, which is a retreat, one day, one week, three days, whatever it is, you sit all day long and into the night, and they say you are recalling, calling back all your scattered attention that's gone here, there, and everywhere. You're gathering it back home to you, to use for your own, or to have. It's yours, but it gets scattered and gets lost, and it gets stuck here and there. So when we have all our own attention gathered together in our body, and our mind, wow, then that makes the day a very beautiful day. It's such a wonderful, wonderful gift to ourselves. And then we are focusing on endless, endless things that are maybe not very positive, not real, not helpful. We're right here in the moment, very fully, and with our real selves, with ourselves. And that is very, then we can say, what a good moment, what a good day. And every day is a beautiful and good day. And when when no unnecessary thoughts, which just means when our attention is here, not stuck on the thoughts, but really right here in the day, in ourselves, in the moment, then it's very, very, very beautiful. And not only beautiful, even if there's pain, there might be pain in the body from sitting, there might be pain in the heart, whatever there is, that's okay then. When all your attention is gathered back and it's not stuck on that pain or that, but it's all gathered back, it feels it, it knows it's there, but it's not the only thing in the world there. The pain or the difficulty doesn't wipe out everything else in the day. It's just part, it's just part of the momentary experience. When we have all our attention, our perspective becomes vast. All the perspective changes. Those thoughts that have been hurting us, they're like little butterflies that fly in and fly away. We're not really giving them attention, so they have no real power, as I said before, to hurt us so much. We see them, we're aware of them, we know them, but they're part of a larger big perspective that our attention provides. You know, when we're overwhelmed and our attention is taken by so much, we we don't even have enough attention left to see the sky or to hear the voice of a child singing or to taste how delicious the coffee was this morning. Those moments are not superficial moments. They're very important moments because when we really take in those kinds of moments, they open us more and more to the beauty and to the joy and the goodness of each day. The value is another word for it. The value of each experience that we're having. And also how transient it is, how fleeting it is. And when we see how fleeting it is, again, so if it's a moment of pain, it's fleeting. 
as well as a moment of beauty, it, it alters our the entire way that we receive the day and inevitably the way we respond to the day and to whatever approaches in the day. It's not just about the way we respond to thoughts as we're sitting, but as we get up and go into our everyday lives. It, that's, we have the same thing. We will respond differently. We will perceive differently in a broad, open way. And, and things won't grab us and dominate us the way they may have before. So I know Thanksgiving is coming, and to me, this practice is a great, every time I sit, is a great way of giving thanks. Thanks, thank you, thank you for, for being alive, for being able to sit, to stand, to breathe, and to receive all of life in a large way, in a beneficial way. So I thank you very deeply for listening. I really love doing this, and I love knowing that you're enjoying it. It's lovely. It feels wonderful. Thank you for your emails. And you can reach me if you want to communicate at topspeaker at yahoo.com. And the URL for this podcast is zenwisdomtoday.com. And also people are very much enjoying my book, Zen Play instructions on becoming fully alive. I've been getting a lot of wonderful notes, so I thought I would pass that on, something you might enjoy over the holiday season as well. It's, it's good to play. It takes away so much of the heaviness and the seriousness, and it's just a different look at our practice. So again, thank you, and have a wonderful holiday. Whether you're with loved ones physically or you're not physically, you can be with them in your heart, in your mind, maybe on Zoom. (laughs) We're all together all the time. So celebrate, celebrate all the goodness you've had. And and I thank you again. Bye.